Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Awesome. Praise Jesus. Let's keep standing as the band plays for just a moment. Okay. I'm a real Holy Spirit kind of guy, so... Oh. When he comes and when he's here, oh, I want to dwell. It says that Joshua dwelled in the tent after Moses had left. Joshua stayed and he, he dwelled. He dwelled. The, the presence was there. And so I'm always reluctant to move on too quickly. Because there's, there's tough stuff sometimes in our lives and tough stuff in our hearts that, I tell you what, any amount of knowledge, any amount of reading the Bible will not achieve what the Holy Spirit does in you, in your heart, as you turn your, your heart to God and, and let the Holy Spirit just talk to you, just talk to you. He custom makes the message to you and so... I just thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning for being here. You didn't have to come here, but you did. We thank you. We're going to have a good time this morning. There's an encouragement that I believe that God is, uh, is bringing to us this week. Uh, I've, uh, we're th- third week in the series of Momentum, and uh, I really feel today we're going to do some exercise. We're going to go to the gym a little. Do a little bit of fighting. So with that in mind, let's, uh, let's pray and then uh, we'll go from there. But uh, I'm pretty encouraged today. So thank you, Lord, for today. We ask that you would uh, really speak to us today. Lord God, momentum. How do we get there? How do we keep momentum in our lives? Lord, we have things that we want to achieve, but you have things that you want to achieve through us. Help us to prioritize how that goes because if we do your stuff, you do our stuff and it is amazing and miraculous and perfect. Your plans are perfect. Please anoint my tongue today, Lord God. Help me to get away out of my way and help me to deliver the word accurately with encouragement and with blessing in Jesus' name. And as we uh, stand just for one more moment, I just want to bring today's scripture to you. It's out of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. That is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose. And may your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. So, thank you, Lord. Okay, as we uh, <laughs> as we're here to hear the word, I um, I'm going to dismiss the band. They have asked me and impressed upon me. Don't forget us. So thank you, band. Would you give the the band a little bit of a hand there? They come here early every week and do this for us and really usher in an atmosphere and a a spirit here uh, 
that is awesome. I wanted to start today with a word of encouragement. Today could be uh, strong. We go to the gym and we work out and, uh, and sometimes that can be a little uncomfortable. We're stretching muscles and sometimes it's not comfortable. So I wanted to bring the encouragement first and really just uh, set it up in that, in that fashion. I wanted you to understand that God is interested in every single part of your life. Now, it can be tempting to uh, assume that God is really only interested in our spiritual growth, our spiritual development. Like, as long as you're praying and reading the Word and doing all those types of things, we're pleasing God, but really is not too interested about the other things. I'm here today to tell you that God is interested in every facet of your life, okay? And that says that in that uh, scripture that I've just read. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete in Him, okay? So, what does that refer to? Spirit. The spirit is the part of us that connects us with God, okay? So, yeah, He is interested in our spirit, uh, interested in the, in the praying and the connecting with Him. Prayer is often referred to as the breathing in and out. The, if you're not breathing, you're dead. <laughs> you, you stop breathing for long enough, hey, you're gone. And so we've got to actually keep that connection with God. Those little moments of actually, God, I just steal my heart and I bring you my request, but I listen to your word as well. God is interested in your spirit. God is interested in your soul. Your soul is the unus of you, who you are. If you're a comedian, God loves the comedian in you. If you're serious and straight and, and uh, you know, down the line, God loves that in you. God loves the you in you. He, before time was, uh, or creation uh, became, God thought of you. He wanted you. That's why he created you. So God is interested in your soul, your individuality, your affections, your appetites. God's interested. Don't think he's not. And your body, the physical components of your being, your provision, your health, your prosperity is of interest to God. It's true. Okay? It's true. So it's always good to understand that first and foremost, God loves you. He's into you. Awesome. Praise God for that. I'm praising God because He is an individual God. He's interested in me. I don't have to necessarily put aside who I am or even my desires and my dreams. So I just wanted to encourage you with that today. Do not be deceived by any well-meaning or even religious Christians telling you otherwise. God wants you to be whole. That excites me. <laughs> so what is momentum? We've heard all the anecdotes of momentum through, throughout the series. Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, says that the strength or force that something has when it is moving or the property that a moving object has due to its mass and its motion. It's understandable then that not only do we want momentum in our personal lives, it's fair to say, but as a church as well and as a church body, it is critical to have momentum. So as we build into you and we build into us, it's always what we're trying to achieve is the momentum. 
if we can get a church body to just pray. If daily is too much, let's go for weekly, but we're aiming for daily. <laughs> Nothing is achieved except through prayer. So it can sometimes seem like you're being bashed around a little bit. But it's in order to get a momentum. Without momentum, what does the church achieve? We want uh, the strength of the force that, ha- that, that an object has when it's moving. That's us. Do we have any uh, time for some humor? I'm reading a great book on anti-gravity at the moment. I can't put it down. Yeah, come on. A group of protesters gathered in front of a physics lab. What do we want? Oh, what do we want? Time travel. When do we want it? Irrelevant. I'll explain to you later, Pastor Christian. It's good to have fun in church. Momentum can be seemingly hard for us to achieve in life, and sometimes the momentum we have can even feel like negative momentum. Sometimes it can feel like we're slowing to a halt or even going backwards. A rocket ship will consume most of its fuel getting into space. Then it ejects those massive boosters on the side, and comparatively, it's quite small. But it's got the momentum, and it's... achieved its target. Similar with a plane, of course, it takes a lot to get it up there, but once it's up there in the thinner altitude, it burns less fuel and and goes from there. And to that extent, it's why in a car um, uh, with with cruise control, this uses less fuel because it's maintaining a constant speed. It's not going up and down and up and down, and it uses less fuel. So my encouragement to you today is as we study and have a look and see what momentum is, how we get there, is to actually then be disciplined to actually continue the momentum. With the uh, cruise control, I'll touch on this a bit later, it only needs slight little touches to actually keep it maintained. It doesn't need these rapid acceleration to get it back there, rapid deceleration, just these little touches and corrections so if we can build momentum into our life, it is actually a hell of a lot easier to actually maintain that momentum, okay? Just those little touches. It seems like a lot to get there, but once you're there, you've got momentum. So how do we get it? When we've got it, how do we keep it? Uh, I believe that the book of Ephesians is going to help us with the answer today. So typically, Ephesians has effectively three kind of Uh, sections to it. There is the sitting, there is the walking, and there is the standing. And we're going to have a look at those today, and I'm going to encourage you if you're in one to move to the other. But I'm also going to encourage you as well that we're human. And it's not a chronological, you move from there and then you're here, and then now that's it, we're done and finished and good, and that's it. Parts of your life will be moved into the standing. Uh, but then parts of your life may be found in the city. And it's the discipline of figuring out what's where. And how do we move that from here to here to here? 
and just continually moving it around. But you know what? That's what the community of, of church is. That's what Connect Group is. It's actually hearing a word and figuring out, oh, okay, so I've let that slip a little. And that's okay. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's good. But that is why we encourage you, stay in church. Have the discipline to stay in a particular church. And you guys are here week in, week out. But occasionally we'll see people that will come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go. And it doesn't achieve anything because they're staying in one category. They're not moving to the next. And that's what God is asking for. Let's just move on a little bit. But in Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, as I spoke about, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus. Jesus is your brother. (laughs) So that's an amazing thought to meditate on. In accordance with with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Praise God. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect, when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So the first position is sit, and um, it'll become evident what these are in a minute, but this is your identity. And that's really why I touched on the first part as well, is that so we know that what God's general disposition towards us is. He loves you and, he's, and, he, and, he, and he wants the best for you. So in that scripture, it says he blessed us. There is not one spiritual blessing that he's not given us. He chose us. In him, we are holy and blameless. We've received Christ. We're a new creation. We're a new being. We are now holy and blameless. Don't let the devil continually nag at your mind that you're not this or you're not that or you're, you know, a hopeless mess. You are holy and you are blameless. Awesome. He predestined us. Before the world began, God thought of you and said, I want one of those. We're adopted now and we belong to the family of God. He forgave us. Who's ever need forgiveness? Part of my testimony in a minute, <laughs> we all need forgiveness. I the, was the worst of sinners. I don't know if I am so bad nowadays, but I was the worst. I needed forgiveness. And he revealed mysteries to us. Who but a friend would do that? In verse 18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also the one to come. 
So the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is resident in you. Shut the front door. Whoa! It's in you. That same power. So don't, don't you dare give me that microphone. So don't you let the devil make you believe that there's anything that can touch you when you're in Christ. The war that we wage is in our mind. That's the battlefield. Seldom is there anything else that really comes against us other than in the mind. Uh, in verse 2, verse 4, uh, sorry, in 2, verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we're dead in transgression, it is by grace that you have been saved. And we were, every one of us, dead in sin at one point. We have to know that. Because if you don't reckon that, hey, I was flawed, and, and uh, if you don't think you are, we can help you with that. We, um, we're all flawed. When I was uh, coming into my tw- 20s, and I'm in my 30s now, just for context. <laughs> I know, right? I, um, situations really battered me and there was one or two situations that the fork in the road is a very small geographical area you're at a fork in the road and it's left or right and at this point it seems like it can be just it's only just I can see the other road I can see the other road but I'm being diverted off in a very Um, poor tangent and that's where I found myself with poor choices I actually fell into uh, alcohol abuse uh, gambling partying uh, trying to seek the approval of friends and uh, trying to fulfill that sort of loneliness in in my life and referring back earlier God is interested in your loneliness you know, he wants to help in every area. So it's good to know that we've got a friend in Jesus who will help us there. But poor decisions took me to a place that was, was seemingly good at the time. But Lord knows that that deck of cards, that tower of cards is coming down sooner or later. And at one point, almost overnight, my world crashed. I fell into massive anxiety, massive depression. So much so that, you know, the dark thoughts had me at cliff edges. Terrible, terrible stuff. But for the grace of God, I'm still here. I know what it's like to be on the floor after midnight in my room in the dark, in the fetal position, thinking I'm going to die. Right? So I know the depth and the darkness. Through that time, though, I uh, was encouraged to obviously get into the Word, get back to church. And, and so I did. I really, really did. And going through and researching scriptures about uh, anxiety and, and, and those types of things, 
I started to rehearse them in my head verbatim, thinking that they were going to be this rabbit's foot to ward off this stuff. But who knows that God will meet you where you're at. It was probably wrong thinking, but I tell you what, it got into my head. So that I know that Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious for anything. But in all things, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I encourage you to get to a place where you're reading the word every day. In his mercy, God calls me to be released from this darkness. But it was with hard work that I did it. <laughs> There's a story where, that says um, a, one neighbor said to another neighbor, my goodness, you're prospering. I see the flocks in your field and I see the uh, you know, prosperity that you're, you're receiving and you're a, you're, God's been good to you. God's been very good to you. And you know what? He has. But the neighbor said back to the other neighbor, you should have seen it before God. I got it before God took it over. It's the hard work that got it to that place. There is hard work involved. So we're moving on to the, the second area there, which is called walk. Okay. Um, after we become saved, God wants to do a little more with us after that. Who knows that? God isn't here to necessarily serve our dreams. It's great that he is caring for us, but he's not necessarily here to serve our dreams. Not forgetting that when we actually became Christians, we set us out our, our life in order to take upon the life of Christ. So that um, goes towards that. In Romans 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. So God's actually saying to you, this is not something that it should be an epiphany to you. It's a logical and rational act of service to God, act of worship, to give your life for him. So I'm going to talk into a little bit of that now. I've made a decision to put myself on the altar. But my humanity keeps me sliding off the altar. We've got a bench that goes anywhere but center. So I put myself on the altar like they did. In old times, they used to burn livestock on the altar. That's what it's signifying. I put myself on there and I want to slide off. That's just the nature of it is. If I put my tongue on the altar, if I commit and say, you know what, I'm over talking bad about people or I'm over being negative or I'm over this or that, I put my tongue on the altar and it's, like that, remember that old beer ad where you got the, the tongue that comes out of his mouth and flops along the floor? 
you gotta, you gotta, you gotta nail it to the altar. You gotta get it on there, nail it to the altar. Am I helping anyone today? <laughs> it's a little quiet. But I need to do that. So in this uh, section, as a prisoner for the Lord then, in Ephesians 4, it says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So God wants us to be. He wants us to be humble. He wants us to be gentle and patient and bearing with one another in love. We need to be unified. Check where, you're, where we're at today. I need to check where I'm at. Am I gentle? Am I patient? Am I, am I loving towards my brothers and sisters and to those that are in my world, friends and strangers? God is asking us to get rid of bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander. If that's you, I'm terrible in traffic. If that's you, that's me, stop it. Stop it. I'm talking to me, but I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Hey. We don't have to be subject to rage and anger. We don't have to. I'm preaching to me. I hope this helps someone, though. Part of my story after I started reading the, the Word and getting it in me, a lot of the, the, the journey was actually quite mechanical as well. So I've got a spiritual journey, but I've also got a physical journey as well. So at the time, I figured out that running's pretty good for you. Uh, and I found out that it releases chemicals in my mind that is actually quite handy when you're in depression. It's actually... Quite a handy little tool to have. So I did a Forrest Gump. And I ran. I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran. I run Forrest, exactly. In the heat, in the cold, in the rain, I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran. If I didn't come back to home every now and then, I would have had the beard like Forrest Gump. I ran enough kilometers, or, and, and I've, since tracking my exercising at about 2008, I have run enough kilometers to go from Brisbane to Perth three times, over three times. That's a lot of kilometers. Yeah, but it's hard work. And a lot of people would say to me, but how do you do it? How can you possibly do it? It's the momentum. When it's cold and it's four degrees outside and it just starts raining on a Wednesday night, dark, who is lacing up their, their, their joggers to go out on the road? Honestly, I think that my family thought I was a nutbag. I'd, lost, I'd completely lost it. But I went and did it. And, and I, that's all I can say, is that I just committed to doing it. 
and I committed and I committed and I committed and I did it and I did it and I did it. And here's the deal with that. I had some guys in my connect group that, uh, and unlucky for them, they couldn't tell me that the, what I was telling them about these types of things was untrue. The, the, the thing for them is that I would say to them, hey, the way out is to do this and this and this because that's what it took for me to get out. The thing for them is that it kind of sucks because I am so convinced of it that what's your rebuttal? If you genuinely want to get moving, if you genuinely want to move on, the leaders in your life are the people that will encourage you. They're your coaches. Come on, come on, come on. You can do it. You can do it. And I do encourage you in these things. The last position that we're, we're talking about today is, is to stand. So it's a real sort of strange uh, progression there. You've got your sitting, you've got your walking. You would think it would turn into running, but no, it's standing. So I'm talking to those people that are more mature and long-standing in their faith. In Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. So standing is possibly one of the most pivotal things we can do as mature Christians. Yeah, probably one of the hardest positions to take. Militarily, when an enemy is charging across the field at you, it's hard to hold your ground. But strategically, it can actually be a very effective form of defense and attack. So it's understanding where you're at. And it's an encouragement to say, stand your ground. So you've got to put on the full armor of God, and we know most of this, and um, we're, we're coming up to, to, towards the end here, but what is the armor of God? We've got the belt of truth. You have to know and be convinced of the truth. You have to know and be convinced of this. The breastplate of righteousness. You have to know and profess that you are right with God. You have to declare it as much for yourself as professing to the devil and also encouraging others around you. You need the shoes of readiness to commit yourself to be ready every day to act out your faith. The shield of faith, we're under attack all the time, but speaking the word of faith shields us from the fiery arrows of the enemy. Helmet of salvation, your mind is protected with the knowledge you've already got salvation. You've got salvation. Stop working towards salvation. You've got it. Now move on. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. Use the Word. Who goes into battle without a weapon? My weapon in this season is what Christian said in um, the tithe message, Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all of my needs according to my, His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. 
You've got to use the word. There is fruit in doing that. So just as a, um, the, the, the final part here, with my testimony, it has moved me through going to college, going to connect groups, going to uh, the, um, well, I got married. Hello. Awesome. Great part of the journey. But the journey keeps going. Yeah, so we got called to Noosa probably at a, at a reasonably inconvenient time. In our family, we have um, people with health issues. And it is tough to move away from those you love in order to do the work of God. But I'm telling you now, it's worth it. To walk these beaches, I've been so reinvigorated in my prayer life. It's like, whoa. So my prayer life probably may have been back at the start. And now it's, trend, it's, it's moving onwards. But I'm constantly moving. And I'm letting the leaders in my world tell me where I need to be. So as I ask the band to come back up, I just want to encourage you again. We can find ourselves in one or all of these categories all the time. In the areas we might be sitting, is it time to enroll in one of our courses? We got DNA, Alpha or CAP. Where's your prayer life at? Do you need to recommit and resurrect daily time with God? When was the last time you engaged in fasting? challenge for me but when was the last time you did are we regularly committed to God in tithing so that his wonderful church is able to run that's a tough one but if you're not getting elementary principles down pat we're not moving on to the next stage we're not gaining any momentum in our world to be honest the tithe is one of the most elementary things. It's like, why are we banging this drum all the time? It's so simple. And it is so, I won't say easy, but once you put the process into play, you see the fruit. Test God in this. It's the only thing we can test God in. Our giving. How can we move on to the next step? How can we start continuing making strides in our faith? You go to a connect group, but God's calling you to lead or become an assistant of one. God has been talking to you about asking your friend or family or co-worker to church. Is it now time to do this? That could move you into the next kind of step. The last one is stand. What area are you thinking of your thinking do you need to refocus on to get revival in? What have you given in to the devil on because you haven't seen victory? Is there healing you need or a breakthrough in finances? Has God asked you to give at a higher level to the building fund? We have, I've had someone say to us the other day, well, when you, when you get us a building, we're giving our lives. Is it time to step out to mentor someone? You're a mature question. Are you living for you? Or are you time to get someone who is 10 years younger than you? Let's go have a coffee. Ask me some questions. I'm 10 years on. 
how can I help in your world? Is there something you can do to keep the momentum going? The momentum that you gain in your life practically and with God will actually create a momentum in, in the things that you are desiring to come to pass. But for some of you today, there may be a situation where you're just not sure if you're even in connection with Christ and you want to start the whole process off. And you may find that you're in one of three categories. You may never have asked God into your life. Ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Or you may not be certain of your salvation. You may just be thinking, heck, I think I'm saved. I hope I'm saved. But if I was to get in an accident this afternoon and, and die, I'm not really sure that I'd know where I'd be going. And the other thing as well is that you might have, like me, fallen away from your walk at some point, backslidden. You made a decision when you're a bit younger and you need to come back to Christ. So as we bow our heads today, I just want to give you that opportunity. I'm not going to labor it for too long, but I do want to ask, with everyone's eyes closed, heads bowed, just praying, is that anyone here? If you haven't committed yourself to Christ yet and you'd like to, you'd like to start that journey. Can I just recommend that this is the most worthwhile decision anyone could make in their life? It's an eternal decision. If that's you, just lift your hand. Or if you're just not sure of where you might be going, is heaven your ultimate destination? Just lift up your hand. If you're unsure, you can be sure today. And finally, if you have backslidden, you once made a commitment and you feel in your heart that you need to go there again and recommit. Just lift your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone at all, thank you, Lord God. So right now, we're just going to just think about those, those elements there. Just think about the sitting, the striding, and the sanding, the walking and the standing. With your eyes closed, just think about where you're up to. Where are the elements of your world up to? How are you committed to church and how are you committed to the body of Christ? Is there something more that you might be able to do in some areas? And if you're wanting momentum to start or grow in your life, can I ask you before God to make the, that decision by standing where you are? If you're sick of the old way of life and want to start a new life, just stand where you are. If you're believing for someone or something and are ready to be part of the answer, just stand. If you're saying to God, I want the best life you have for me, stand. If you need breakthrough in your life, stand. If you're accepting the challenge that has been presented to you today, stand with me. If you're ready to grow, stand. If you're ready to fight, if you're ready to gain momentum, if you're ready for God to work in your world, stand. Stand and stand and stand and stand and stand. 
Stand, therefore. Stand. God is fighting for you. God loves you. He is committed to you. You don't have to worry about God being committed to you. God is committed to you. So stand. 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 There is incredible blessing for those who stand in Christ. Lord God, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you've encouraged us to gain momentum in our world, to set off in a journey that, that, that sees your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come to earth. Lord God, we want to be active agents in bringing your kingdom to earth. I thank you, Jesus, for this word. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.